you know, like with Drake and, mm. you know, no, no disrespect, Isaac, but some of the beats on Drake's albums are so pedestrian. <laughs> that I liked one Drake album. It's like I'm not, it's like, he's not my cousin. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I liked one Drake album. Right. Be cool, Isaac. I need to say something about Drake. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm a swing on him or something. I'm like, dude, do you. Go ahead. Let him have it. And we're back. Holla. Welcome to the B-Side. I had a dream about my man last night. And his name is... Scoop. That's what's up. Isaac. That's what's up. Jahan. That's what's up. Arthur. That's what's up. My niggas keep it get told with your plastic talks. It's the return, so turn it up. The music snows. Let's go. Yup, another episode Fucked up, letting deal get in the door This is the Music Snobs Podcast. My name is Arthur, your lead voice, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Scoop, Isaac, and Jahan. Jahan got the hoodie on. Hey, Jahan just got gangster through the hoodie on. <laughs> Jahan's got the hoodie on because... I'm assuming it's cold over there. No, he's, he, he's getting it in because we are going to talk about Kendrick. He, he getting in Kendrick mode. We talking stuck. about Kendrick. No, I'm just thinking about Trayvon and Tamir and Mike and Sandra and everybody over there. My man. Anatomy of a Butterfly. The recently released To Pimp a Butterfly uh, by Kendrick Lamar. We want to know, is this a rare masterpiece that transcends mainstream and underground tastes? Or is he got the D'Angelo complex where the release of his album has just been heralded as the greatest thing ever before people have really listened to what it is that they've got? You know, to me, you shouldn't even have to form a question. like Yeah, this conversation started as a four-way iMessage conversation yeah. where I had to cut it off. Because I was like, look, we about to, we're having a show <laughs> right. right here. Right. We need to, we need to turn some mics on and, and really talk about this. Just to establish some context here, is there any disagreement that this is the best argument for Jahan's Golden Age of Hip Hop Two theory? Um, is this I, the best I would evidence. Just say for that it? I, right. I think so. To quote Scoop though, from back in the back in the day when we had that original conversation. I don't think one album constitutes right. a golden age. But it's only one album if you're looking at it from a mainstream context. If you listen to what everything else is out there, you know, in the underground or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's not one album for anything but the mainstream. I think it could be a centerpiece, though. I think it could be a spark. I think it could yeah, be the exactly. beginning. Exactly. Same thing. We're saying the same so thing. So I, I think that maybe years from now we look back and say, oh, that was the beginning. But I can't, I don't think we're in a golden or, age. Or we could say it was in the middle, but what's going to follow it? That's the thing. I think there's, you know, we can now look at things and say, okay, well, this could be part of it. This could be part of it. Here's the centerpiece to this golden age. But now it's about what's going to follow it. And I'm one of those that has a bigger fear. I don't, I'll say this wrong. I'm probably going to get dogged by you all even on this. I don't think I'm questioning if there's enough talent out there to even follow this up, to be as strong as this. Well, what establishes talent, this? talent, talent, or ingenuity, okay, or thought but, process? But what's your rationale behind that? I mean, why, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything. This, why is this you album think important? Kendrick may stand alone. Yes, I do. That's interesting. I do at least in the golden. Here's the if we're looking at golden age and look, I'll, I'll use it. Maybe we can. This is subjective, but I'll look at say in the golden age of hip hop. If if you look at maybe you know. Let's take one specific album, and I'll take like Nation of Millions as a centerpiece. At that time, 
you could go with, all right, KRS may follow up or do something along that line. You could go to Run DMC was going to do something. LL Cool J was going to do something. You know, there were artists out there that had the talent that lent you to believe that, oh, this is this may be the best of the group, but it's not going to be a standalone. There well, I don't be know. Other- I, think, I think this album stirs the pot. I mean, I think this is the album that tills the soil for other artists to come behind and but flourish. In, in existence right now, where's your Tribe Called Quest? Where's your De La Souls? You get what I'm saying? Where's your EPMDs? All the stuff that came around, if you just take one album and drop it as a centerpiece, and if my thing is PE's Nation of Million, where's your, you know, where's your Boogie Down Productions? You know, where are all these things surround? I don't see that right now. Tyler's Cherry Bomb, J. Cole's, whatever the address, Forest Hills. <laughs> <laughs> that address. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're almost 40 episodes deep, and we've answered those questions. We've talked about the great music that's out there today. We've talked about all the brilliant artists that's doing it. Now, it may be that we're talking about the quality apex here, though. So it's definitely not like there aren't other competitors out there. But I do think that To Pimp a Butterfly scores 10 out of 10 in pretty much every category it approaches, whether it's musicianship, innovation, groove, lyricism, concepts, just the total package. And that's very, very rare, whether it's 2015 or... 1987 or 1977 or 67 it definitely to me qualifies for one of the greatest albums of all time if not you know maybe even the top spot i mean i put it up there with sign of the times all right wait a minute hold on stop can you stop recording i can't i don't want to (laughs) wait a minute i feel like we just entered a parallel universe alternate universe Uh, john i'm i I feel you on that i'm with you but that's fine okay Wait, wait, wait hold on hold on Let's, let me make sure I understand this. Are you saying that this is, because we already talked about the difference between favorite and greatest. Do you think this album is greater than Sign of the Times? In some ways, yeah, definitely. No, no, no. Some ways, that's too ambiguous. Well, I find it very hard to answer. I mean, you're talking about artistic works in, and they're both so different. But, well, if I have to, I'll distinguish them by saying Sign of the Times' is heights are greater to me than Butterfly's Heights, but Butterfly to me is more consistent and definitely more cohesive. Yeah, let me let me put. Let me, okay, no, 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 wait, 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 John, 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 let me, let me put this, this in a way that, 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 this that to see as okay. Here's the deal. But sometimes you have to go to the list to do this. And your list of ten greatest albums of all time. Is Sign of the Times on there for you, John? Oh, absolutely. Okay, is Pimp. A butterfly on there for you now. It is now, yeah, definitely. Okay, so on your list, which one do you have highest, ranked highest right now? Today. Today. Well, I listen to Pimp a Butterfly more. No, 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 no. If you had to make a list today, like before you died, of Jahan's 10 greatest albums of all time, <laughs> it's the Pimp a Butterfly. Which he probably would do. Right, which he probably would do, right. <laughs> John, you're dying. Hold you're, on, let me get some hold paper. On, let me, right, let me get my paper. I got to leave my list. <laughs> is, is it higher than... <laughs> Sign of the times. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe, but but the fact that I'm saying maybe that that should be enough, right? Yeah, it, it is. Let's let me get to the why. Why why do you feel that way? What is it about this album? All right. Well, look. It may not be completely fair to judge Sign of the Times against an album that's you know almost 30 years its junior, because time and awareness and concepts have all moved on. But in my view, Butterfly packs much the same musical punch as well as a greater lyrical one. It has a bolder, more ambitious, more unified concept that runs through the whole album. And was also, as a release, it was less expected from Kendrick 
than we would have expected from, from Prince back then. I mentioned Butterfly's cohesion earlier. The lyrics, they tell basically a chronological story that's intricately woven. The segues between each of the tracks are connected and it shows us how our lead character, Kendrick, is overindulging in this newfound success and how he starts to slowly spiral into depression and anguish. And he really, he really gets into it. I mean, he really explains and describes what that's like and the pain that he goes through. And I know a lot of people have related to that. And that, that's one thing that I keep seeing people online talk about. Um, then he awakens in, with a spiritual epiphany and he realizes that he's literally in the oldest fight between good and evil. It's, it's just a fantastic tale. It's so well considered and so well executed. And, and it seems, you know, at least semi-autobiographical. It seems very, very honest. And the music, bro, I mean, well, that, ultimately that's where I'm at. It just embraces many of the aspects yeah, of black music that I fell in love with. And for a mainstream album in 2015 to tap the plays that it uses, you know, Kamasi, Thundercat, Terrace, Layla, you know, Glasper, it's, it's just very, very rare and, and unique. It, it embraces a groove that I think many people have been disconnected from for so long. Mm-hmm. They found magic on this album. on to a lot of what Johanna's talking about when I talk about Tillman Sawyer because I do believe that this album in part is trying to get the ears of Kendrick's people our people black people mm-hmm. in a similar way that Death Certificate tried to do in 1991 and also from a musical standpoint I think this is this is certainly my favorite rap album since Equimini mm-hmm. it unapologetically mm-hmm. is a Los Angeles album it's an LA album this album could not exist without it being LA, LA musicians, LA feel. But it's not for LA. That's the beauty of it's it. It's not it, for it, LA. It speaks and, to and every. It speaks to the yeah. It speaks to our, our global. Well, at least our national experience. And equipment, I arguably was kind of like for Atlanta. It was right. like the, the sticking the flag exactly. in the sand. Right. And this is all about you know Atlanta. But it's also a very divisive album. Right. People were for or against. Equimini, there wasn't any middle. And and I, I've seen a lot of feedback to the same, you know, for Pimp a Butterfly. Mm. And I'm with Johanna. The segue that they do from one song to the next and the production Oof. on this, it, to me, is amazing because Tax Man Coming, Tax Man Coming, the next song is that girl talking. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, at the end of that, if you talk about who her man, you know, my new man's on, you off, you know, all this, that, right, and the other, right, right? right. At the end of that song, mm-hmm. she says, I'm gonna have my uncle Sam come right. get you. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. I saw that you're too. not a king. Now and the next thing after that, it goes into King Kunta. I'm now, with you. But it goes exactly. back into Uncle Sam, Taxman. Uh-huh. It's all linked together. It's and all I dig thought it. out. And that's the beauty of the entire album. It's so intricate in that way. You know, and there's so many subliminal messages that are on. Oh, there's so yeah. many messages that have double meanings. Mm-hmm. That we can And even references to previous albums with these walls. Yeah, so it's just nobody's I, I hate to say I don't think anybody had to tell me. I, 
to take two years off and do this. That's what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to shut it down and really give something I need to get out of my system and give, you know, what America, I think it needs to, you know, hear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's I've, I've said from the very beginning, this is his Marvin Gaye moment. This is his public enemy moment. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And I'm talking about two artists who gave the world something that was insular to their own personal situations, yeah. but gave the world something yeah. to not just digest, but something to question ourselves about, something to think about, that's something we need to pass on and have the other individuals think about. You know, and they're doing it through their art. And I think Kendrick, it's hard to nail something like this. And I think Kendrick nailed it. Well, you mentioned Marvin, and we talk about honesty and artistic honesty and vulnerability all the time on this show. For somebody of Kendrick's level, and what I mean by that is level of fame, like mainstream level of fame, to talk about his failings as a man, as an older brother, as a friend to those around him, to talk about depression and suicidal thoughts and his disappointment with himself at this stage in his career, it's so bold and impressive to me. Like. There are other great artists out there doing it, but on his level of but fame, to do them, with that level of risk, it's just so impressive to me. But to do it simultaneously and, and, and still give phenomenal art. Completely. People can be vulnerable and give it up, and it's just like, all right, it's very insular. No, he nailed it. It's not, there's not a level of great. And the funny thing you said it, John, because the first person when I first heard this, my kids were telling me, Jalen Rakim were telling me for a while, Dad, you really need to listen to uh, uh, The Black of the Berry. When it got leaked early, they were like, you really need to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll get around to it because I wasn't a big fan of I. You know, I'm like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. No, they were like, you really need, they they, they knew, they were like, you really need (laughs) to listen to it. When I finally listened to it, and then I listened to the album like about two weeks later, the first person I thought about, the very first person I thought about, and I'm like, I wonder if he has this shit because this whole experience of listening made me think of one person. Isaac. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because he's talking about vulnerability and authenticity and everything he always preaches about that he looks for an artist and, and doing it at a level of greatness. And I was like, this is, this is, I was like, Isaac probably wrote this shit for him. That's why I feel that, and, and it, I talked about this before, this is, you know, first of all, let me preface, I, I agree with everything John said as far as the greatness that I think is one of the greatest hip-hop releases I've heard in years. Mm-hmm. It's not my fa- my personal favorite hip-hop release, no, but it's it's one of the greatest albums I've heard in many years. But I'll say this, I think the there's a difference between bravery and, and risk. I think that, and I'm just, I'm kind of devil's advocating because, you know, it's a love fest right now, so in the spirit of Jahan, I want to throw a grenade in the... No, please. A small grenade, though. Um, but I think that there's a difference between being brave and risky. Something. I don't think he risked. I, lyrically, I don't think anything on this album is risky. One, because there's strong glimpses of this on Good Kid. He'd already been vulnerable on Good Kid. You know, that was... The narrative structure of Good Kid and the honesty that he showed, um, which is what first attracted me to him, um, as far as, you know, the honesty he showed about, you know, being in high school and the temptations and this and that. When uh, the first track was released or the first single was released and everybody thought it was about just getting drunk, you know, it was like a party song Mm -hmm. when that wasn't what he was saying, you know, that sort of complexity and that sort of honesty. I'm like, this dude, you know, this kid is really on something, you know. So I wasn't surprised by that. I think I agree with Jahan. I think it's incredibly brave for an artist to put their soul on wax, you know what I'm saying, basically like that. And to be that honest and vulnerable is just, you know, it's just something you don't see very often. Um, but I don't think he's he risked anything because I don't think that anything he said, for one thing, 
the black consciousness stuff, which I'm completely in favor of, it fits the tone of what's going on right now in the, in the country. That's the temperature of the country right now. Anybody who's been on black Twitter knows that's, you know, the F the police thing is pretty popular right now. So for him, for Kendrick to be on that, I'm glad he did it. And I want everybody to listen to what he's saying. But I don't feel it's the same amount of risk that, say, Marvin had when he came out with what's going on. And nobody in the culture was even talking about none of that type of stuff at that level. So I see bravery and I see risk. And I see this slight difference. Now, but uh, I mean, but see, I'm not looking at just the F the police thing. I'm looking at him like really exposing black people in our weaknesses. That's that's the risk. Really putting the mirror up to us. People, black people have a tendency to run from shit. We don't want to honor or own up to what our faults are. But see, I would argue with you there because I think that it's much more acceptable for black folks to talk negatively about ourselves than it is to criticize others. You see what I'm saying? It's right, much, more, it's saying, much right. more It's much more acceptable to say, you niggas need to do blah, 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 than to start pointing the fingers at the, but other, at but, the but, other people. But the risk of saying, all right, you niggas need to do this, and you start off a project by saying, you know... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Every nigga, every nigga is, is, is a star, star mm-hmm. right. But then by the end of that, you're basically debunking the whole concept of the use of the word nigga. I'm glad you brought that You know what I'm saying? That so that, but that's, to me, that's what I'm talking about. That's where the risk is of putting it. Yeah, we can easily... We'll say some bad stuff about ourselves, but to challenge ourselves the way he did throughout this whole project, you you running the risk of alienating these people because the one thing black people don't want to feel like they are preached to or preached down to. It's funny how Zulu and Dosa might go to war. Two tribal armies that want to build and destroy. Remind me of these Captain Crip gangs that live next door. Beefing with power rules, only death settled the score. So no matter how much I say I like to preach with the Panthers. Or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers. Or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day. Or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays. Or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements. Or watch BET cause urban support is important. So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street? When Game banking make me kill a nigga blacker than me. Hypocrite. Now, see, that's why I disagree at because Barack, uh, in the first year of his presidency, spoke, waved his finger at black Fine, men. Fine, but we're talking about music. But we're talking about music, No, 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 no. But I'm saying it just in the culture, because these are the same black folks who listen to the music. These are the same ones who go to the polls. These are the same ones who, you know, they're the same people. So, in the context of that, it's much more acceptable for us to wave the finger at each other or to accept criticism from each other or to be criticized by each other than the other way around. I said it before, again, I'm not taking anything away from Kendrick's bravery, but when it comes to risk, um, my man made a much bigger risk when he criticized Barack three or four years ago. Why is am I blanking out on my man's name? Who, Kendrick? Lupe Fiasco. Yeah, Lupe Fiasco, oh, Lupe, when, he criticized, yeah. when he criticized Brock at a time when nobody, you know, no rappers were saying anything negative about mm-hmm. Brock. He came out and said it. But I'm not, I want you guys to understand, I'm not taking away from Kendrick's bravery. I'm just saying that him coming out and saying what he's saying is not a risk to me. It's not but, like he was going to lose fans. Yeah, I, over think this. I get what you're saying about it being at the forefront of the public conversation right now. But which public? You know, sure, activists, socially conscious people, sure. But people who listen to Don't Kill My Vibe, I mean, Kendrick has different people who listen to his type of music but if it was so easy if it wasn't a risk why isn't jay-z doing it why is jay-z out there chatting about money and you know materialism and, if jay, and but J- john if jay-z did do it it would be a risk well, hold, for on, him. hold on hold on why isn't jay-z taking that risk it would be a risk if jay-z did it. it would be a risk for him because that's not his fan base He's too up in the industry's ass to do something but like that. But is that Kendrick's Kendrick has never been... Kendrick is not... In, Kendrick does not occupy Jay-Z's space. He does not occupy the same space. Okay, sure. Kendrick doesn't yet 
have a 10-year catalogue of politically driven material like uh, Boots Riley or a Georgia Ann Muldrow or an Immortal Technique. Mm -hmm. But those artists also don't have the mainstream festival headline crowd that Kendrick does. Mm -hmm. Like Taylor Swift and thousands like her love Kendrick. But they're not necessarily championing Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. They may not be listening or better yet digesting the material in the same way you and I are. Kendrick may have more socially conscious fans than Jay-Z, but many of his mainstream fans and critics are not at all used to what he's saying on this album. Okay, we're talking about risk in the context of, of, of lyrics and yeah, verbal mu- message. Musically, musically, it was a risk. Okay. Musically, it was a risk. Right, yes, I'm with you 100% on that. That's what I'm kind of on. Right, that's what I'm kind of on. Okay. Yeah, musically, it was a definitely risk because he went at first now. I mean, isn't it tragic that in 2015, making black music is a risk? Yeah, it is. It is. And that, but that speaks to what you, that speaks to what you said as far as the disconnect and the fact that that type of groove has been gone for so long. Um, a lot of kids, our kids, uh, scoops and our, our kids age, they either love it or hate it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, some of them love it. Some of them are like, eh, it's, you know, it's not for me or whatever. Um, but the kids I find who love it, those are the more musically inclined kids. The kids that understand those music. kids that have been given some type yeah, of those kids musical foundation. No, right, no, right, <laughs> right. but never been given a musical foundation because you understand what greatness is when you hear it and when you see it. Right. Do you think that? Do you think this would this album would open up the doors for more artists to go in that direction? Only Whereas if it's popular. Prior, they only would think, if it's popular. Uh-huh. If it doesn't sell the way these cats would sell themselves out for a damn cheese sandwich. If, they, if this doesn't move units, then nobody's going to go this route. Right, but you know what? Even if it sells like crazy and goes like diamond, not everybody can do this. No, nobody can do it. Well, some can, but it's a small amount. I mean, you know, humanity is so disconnected from the groove of music, from the feel, that just that feel that, you know, people might have the best intentions and it might become de rigueur to do music, real music, but you've still got to be able to do it. I, I don't know if... I don't know if, you know, certainly in the mainstream, I don't know if most people can do it. We're talking about a handful of, of artists here. John, 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 John. It's not an execution as much as it is as an, as an attempt. Right. Who's going to attempt to do it? We right. know nobody's going to be able to duplicate this. But he's saying, is somebody now that he put this out going, is this going to be an attempt to do this? Yeah, let me just, okay. So in 19, you know, I can say to the four of us, I can say, when I first heard Criminal Minded, it was like that one album set off a movement for other albums to come, fall in, made it acceptable to do material like this. Can we say in 15 years or in 10 years, can our children be like, you know what, when I first heard To Pimp a Butterfly, they're going to have that memorable moment because that was when music changed. Is this album, because of the risk of the musicality and because of the arguable risk of the lyrical content is this going to open the door and change the trajectory away from clubs and stripper poles and go more toward introspective thought and social commentary i don't think so but not for the two reasons you gave i think that the audience the industry musicians were just also disconnected from the thought and the passion that goes into music on an intricate level you just can't just access it overnight you can't tune into it if you haven't studied it or practiced it or are an excellent point you can't unless you're doing that it's almost lost it's out of your reach no matter what your intentions are
If your walls can talk, they tell you it's too late. Your destiny accepted your fate. Build accessories and stash them on the yard. Take the recipe, the Bible, and God. Wall telling you that commissary is low. Race wars happening, no calling CO. No calling your mother to save you. Homies to say you're irreptible, not acceptable. Your behavior sent me to board like a killer that turned snitch. Walls is telling me you're a bitch. You pray for pills, hoping the warden would afford them. That sentence so important. Walls telling you to listen to sing about me. Retaliation is strong, you even dream about me. Kill my homeboy and God spared your life. Dumb criminal got indicted, same night. So when you play the song, rewind the first verse. About me abusing my power so you can hurt. About me and her in the shower whenever she horny. About me and her in the after hours of the morning. About her baby daddy currently serving life. And how she think about you until we meet up at night. About the only girl cared about you when you asked her. And how she fucking on a famous rapper. Walls can talk, talk. When the album dropped, everybody was giving their tuppence worth, like, oh my god, it's amazing. Twitter was just ablaze with praise for it. And I've got to be honest with you, I, I don't know why anybody else likes it. I know why I like it. Absolutely. I know why, you know, my crowd likes it, but I don't understand how it's had quite such a rapturous receipt. Yeah, absolutely. It's that same crowd critical i think you know the critics you know the the journalists i'm not surprised at all that they love it um but i think that in a very strange way you know with the d'angelo album that dropped earlier this year it had that same wave of you know people just loving it just to say they loved it but it's a completely different situation because now we have an album which i think is worthy of all that praise but it's probably some of those same people are, are saying they love and they probably have only been, they probably listened to it uh just skipped around a couple of songs having you listened to the whole album actually that might be right because it's so different to what people normally like uh-huh. i just don't understand how they don't like anything else i like but but anyway so the album drops and a lot of celebrities on twitter were were really praising it and you know Timberlake's on there saying it's incredible Aesop Rocky was on there saying wow this is really influencing how my current new album is being you know recorded is being written his album drops and there's absolutely no sign to me of any influence of Butterfly on there you know I, I agree with what John just said and to add on to that uh, to answer your question Arthur because you can't just you know we're so disconnected um, it, and, and again I, I agree with like you know the attempt is what's important but I think what's going to happen, Arthur, if anything great happens out of this, kids who are, you know, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, young kids who are listening to this or even in their teens, 10 years from now, you know, when they start releasing material, you know, then they'll look back and be like, OK, what was your influence? Oh, when Pimp L. Butterfly came mm-hmm. out in 2015, right. there you go. that changed my life. That made me want to start being a rap artist. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. That, that, moment, that, right, is, exactly. that could happen. And then that's that's a beautiful thing. I think the one thing we need to be clear about is that the reason it may not happen and going to ask at Rocky with uh, uh, Jahan was talking about, he may be influenced by it, but he's not going to put the work in mm. to make this what it is. And mm. I think more important, just as important as the album itself is the story behind how Kendrick basically shut down for two years mm-hmm. to do the, the artists now are not going to shut down for two years to put in this work. They're yeah. not going to do it. Yeah, that type of patience. They don't have the type of patience. They don't have the wherewithal to even concentrate mm-hmm. to do something for, shut down your life for two years to concentrate on one project and try to find greatness in that. So there may be attempts to do it, but it's like, and I hate to use sports analogies, it's like all these people wanting to be mm-hmm. like Michael Jordan playing basketball, but nobody's going to put the work in outside of Kobe, you know, <laughs> to basically do that. Right. And it, it takes this much work to find this level of greatness. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to do that. 
part of the problem, I think, is that music has effectively become too easy to create. Exactly. The technological advancements that we've seen, they're brilliant because they've provided access and, and they've also provided innovation. But the downside is that they've also allowed people to make music very, very quickly without having studied, without having Thank you. practiced, without having dedicated themselves to, to an art. Thank you. So that patience that used to be required, that patience and that foresight, foresight, yep, that's no longer needed. So it's quite rare for someone to be patient when they're creating an album. Nowadays, cats focus on mixtapes rather than albums, let alone a jigsaw puzzle like this. Mm-hmm. It started with Good Kid, though. It started. It started with Good Kid because that's there was yeah there was that that same sort of you know he mastered it on this album, but there was that same sort of approach. It wasn't this though. It wasn't this. But you know what? Here's here's another small, very small grenade. And this, you know, I'm paraphrasing something, a conversation Jahan and I had before. Um, I think, you know, to me, this is the best album that came out this year. Obviously, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the mm-hmm. best album. Mm-hmm. But the album I listened to more than this album is Cherry Bomb. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. Why is that? And I think that although this album, I, I, I clearly think To Pimp a Butterfly is the superior album. I listened to Cherry Bomb more. And I think that's because I don't, I, you know, I felt almost not that to pimp a butterfly as a as a collaboration or you know like a group or like a band, but it does kind of feel at times like it's a band putting this this album out. Not Kendrick, even though this, the songs are so personal, it's, it, that's the irony. They're so personal. Yeah, that may ultimately come down to whether you value a work by an individual as greater than a work by a collective. I do see where you're coming from. I mean, when I first heard the album, I also felt that he got a little bit swallowed up but i think that's because everything else was so dynamic and you're kind of enveloped by everything else that's going on but mm-hmm. the more i hear it the more i feel like he's the glue or um mm-hmm. or the sort of leading personality on the album you know which he should be right kendrick does not and i've said this before he's not a great vocalist to me mm-hmm. he's not a great vocalist he's almost like a method actor he's like a great method actor he has several different voices that fit the emotion of the song he's doing. And I love that about him. Uh-huh. But he doesn't own a song in the way that great vocalists own songs, mm-hmm. like Cube. He doesn't have a singular great voice, mm-hmm. like Cube, Chuck. Like run, run, um, run, run. No, 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 no. It kind of sounds to me like you are punishing him for being a chameleon. Mm-hmm. You're right, he doesn't have one singular voice. He's got 10 distinctive voices. Mm. It's like you always know him when you hear him. Like, how can you not? Mm-hmm. It's not like we're talking about Jermaine Dupree here. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, like I said, I think he's a method actor, which I which I love about him. I do stand by my point, though, that vocally, he's nowhere near as interesting, interesting to me vocally as some of the other greats. He can, you know, be 10 different people on that album, and that's great, but it also you know to be fair it works against them but because I, even though ice cube handed over musically right. he was cube right. you know all over I get that, that but album. i think but i think the answer to what you're saying is that he understands that and he knows that so he's open to anything because he could be so many different people yeah that's I, what I, makes I, it so different it's yeah. so unique it's like it's not everything's not going to sound the same mm-hmm. you know it's like we were doing double xl back in the day a little i can't tell you what this magazine is about but i can tell you because it's going to be different every time out mm-hmm. but as long as it's dope i don't care you know what it's, it's going to be dope and that's what he's at mm-hmm. he's like i could be 10 different people on this album so just like the music snobs right <laughs> all right right no this is all you bro this this is all john <laughs> <laughs> i'm kendrick in the scenario <laughs> Thundercat. <laughs> Scoop's top dog. I'm I'm Layla. I'm Layla. I'm Layla. No, I'm I'm, I'm Layla. <laughs> um, I, I still think it's very much his album, though. 
And in fact, it takes a very mature person to say, very much you so. know, I'm going to allow other participants on my album to really, really share the spotlight and really, really shine. That takes a huge degree of confidence and maturity. But he doesn't, his, his fingerprints aren't on this album to the way that, you know, if you pick any other, you know, masterpiece album, you know, by any other artist, their, their fingerprints are all over everything. And I get that. I get that. All right. So a few, some months ago, he did this interview with Billboard magazine, you know, and he was talking about how the murder of Michael Brown should not have happened. But and then he kicked it to a respectability politics angle was saying that, you know, but if we respected ourselves to begin with, you know, nothing like that would have even had to have gone down. And he got a lot of pushback from that. I know Azealia Bakes jumps to mind. Um via Twitter was coming back on him. It reminds me of Tupac in the sense of in one song, he can do a complete 180, mm, you know? I don't right. think so. And but that's a what you're idea. left with yeah. is kind of this question. You really don't know where he stands, but the whole idea of it is that he is I telling you, I, this is B. L like we did a whole show on the idea of, am yeah. I a hypocrite because of A? Yeah even though I really believe in X. Yeah, but he's acknowledging all the, the sensibilities are going in right. a certain situation and subject matter. I mean, it's not always just straight contrast black and white. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what he tries to come across in at least a lot of the music that he's doing recently and in his conversations. I mean... It, but the backlash against Kendrick had more to do with you're not, you being Kendrick, that you're not acknowledging what you just described. You're not acknowledging this climate that we currently live in, have lived in before, generations, generations, generations prior. I think the audience wants Kendrick to go full 100%, you know, 1992 Ice Cube death certificate. But once again, he's dealing with the complexities of it. And I think it, if you use especially Black and Berry, it's, that's the hypocritical part of it. Uh -huh. It's like, you know, I can go one way, but I can't just absolve myself in thinking that we're innocent in all of this. And yes, there's a problem, but we also have to know where where we live. I think it's. I think with Kendrick, one thing that you know we have to remember, and I think he's 26, 27, mm -hmm. and he's you know he's he's knocking on the door of 30, but Kendrick is still a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I had an older friend of mine who listened to the album, who really loves the album but said he sounds like a confused kid and he is a lot of things he says you know the conversations he has with himself the depression you know he's 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 confused about some things and you know dealing with his fame as far as the uh the politics on the album i have to look back at you know when i just look at it i think we can all do this when i look back at myself when i was in high school then college then you know late 20s early 30s there was a core you know, part of myself as far as my political views that remain the same, but the way I articulated those views changed, you know, over the course of those those years. I'm glad Arthur brought up Ice Cube because I think what's important to remember with Cube when he was in his 20s articulating his political viewpoints, he was, I don't know if he was a member, but he was surrounded by the Nation of Islam. He had a set of foundations, you know what I'm saying, to work from. He had a set of a, a, a political, not just religious, but political, you know, foundation to work mm -hmm. from. Same with Public Enemy. You know what I'm saying? They had a, a nationalistic doctrine, a doctrine to work from. Cast like Kendrick, he has a religious background. You know, he's a Christian, but he does not have a political foundation or uh, even a, a, a political ideology. You know what I'm saying? That he's working from. 
he's just gushing all this stuff out mm-hmm. he's nowhere near as radical i think as people give him credit for he's mm-hmm. not to in my viewpoint he didn't say anything on uh, uh butterfly. butterfly that just knocked me off my feet and said wow you know how can he say that that was really crazy he's He's nowhere near as radical as I think he's going to be yeah. in 10 years. But that's okay, right? I mean, I don't think that takes anything away from him or his views. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, he may not have the defined political manifesto that, mm-hmm. let's say, Ice Cube arguably had in 1992. But in the context of 2015, so few artists are speaking, including Cube, so yeah. few artists are speaking on a consistent, regular basis with any yeah, kind of yeah. meaning or, or, or meaningfulness other than just like rabid materialism. So... I'm, I'm all right with it. And, you know, and plus, it's all right that he's still working stuff out. I mean, I like that. I like that he doesn't pretend to have all the answers and that his his opinions are very much questions. I mean, that's to me, it's fine that people still travel through life evolving. I mean, I, I'm still working stuff out. Yeah, that was my point and point out. I think we have to remember that, you know, when we're talking about his viewpoints. Now, as far as to me, though, there's a difference between rare and radical. It's rare right now for a, a, a recording artist who is even you know in the has this foot in the mainstream like Kendrick does or is a part of the mainstream it is rare for them to to speak on these type of political issues but what has taken the place back in the 80s and the 90s it was music you know at the forefront of kind of you know expressing what the public is thinking you know what I'm saying as yeah. far as what they're the zeitgeist what's taken the place of that is Twitter and you know to some extent Facebook that's taken the place of speaking the public voice so it's not rare at all, you know, for if you look at if you look at what they call in black Twitter now, the viewpoints that Kendrick expressed on uh, Butterfly, those have been all over black Twitter for the last year or so. So it's not rare in that context. At all. So mm-hmm. I think it's radical in a sense that as you, as you go back to mentioning the ice cubes, you know, and when you drop death certificates, I think the radicalness in Kendrick is that he to me is all alone on an island in this particular case whereas cube had a climate of other mcs in a genre where it almost That's true. allowed them to go that route there, there was a bdp around yep. there was a x clan around X-Clan. there was you know a pe mm-hmm. around there were other there yep. were other in the in the genre. yeah i'm with you so and mm-hmm. the thing that i think makes kendrick radical is that he's the only artist twitter and facebook don't count because that's not a constructed where you sit down and spend a year trying to construct something that's considered art. It, what you're saying to me is rare. It's rare for him to do what he's doing. It's not radical because back in those, back in uh, the 80s and 90s, you, you had BDP, Public Enemy, all these other, they were the public voice because the public didn't have their own voice. To, I get that. To, they now have their own voice. Twitter is their voice. Right. But, so we but, don't, but, but, so but for, he doesn't so, include himself. I, I think, no, I, yeah, I think when you put worse. it out there as an independent project, which is an album musically, mm-hmm. And nobody it's, else is doing it. It's, but I'll, just because it's being this, done, is daring, but it's not. It's not radical. He's I, not. He's I not think saying this nothing. Context, but it's, it's not what he's saying. It's the context in which he's saying. That's why I agree with Jahan on this. Is like, I, I hear what you're saying. He's not saying specifically any words that are radical. But when you're the only one out there in your genre right. saying something this politically strong, and you're it's doing it right by yourself, you're on an island by yourself screaming. To me, in a sense, that's radical. I, I think the most credit I would give it is, is daring. I just can't say it's radical. And I think that it's, it's, it's interesting that um, the music actually supports. I feel almost the same way about the lyrics as I do about the music. I love the album. Musically, I love it because it's a return of certain things. 
but it's not anything that blew my mind like i've never heard that before right. so lyrically it's a return of some of the things that you know we used to hear on a regular basis mm. but it's not anything that i'm be like oh my god like that was such a radical you know thing for him to say nah mm. it's just it's a return and it's, it's a rare it's so rare for anybody to say these things now you know but critically this album has gotten a lot of love i don't know you guys tell me has it gotten a lot of love from you know the younger generation you know what i'm saying are teenagers and early 20s are they talk into to. yeah I've, it depends it depends on who you talk to the the fraction in that is just like the fraction in anything else the one thing i could say musically it's something that they're not used to hearing as far as hip-hop is concerned mainstream kids ain't used to hearing yeah exactly We don't share the same synonym, far back Been in it before internet had new acts Mimicking radios, nemesis made me whack My innocence limited, the experience lacked Ten of us with no tentative tactic that cracked The mind of a literate writer, but I did it in fact You admitted it once I submitted it, wrapped in plastic Remember scribbling, scratching, diligent sentences backwards Visiting freestyle ciphers for your reaction it's too complex for them to sit and toss away. Yeah, I've heard right. so many kids say it's gotta, too much, it takes me too much to work stay. to live. You have to mm -hmm. stay. It's too much work <laughs> yeah. to listen to this. Right. Really, seriously, they got to live with. So it. they have. Yeah, it, it takes. You know, they like. I don't have two weeks to digest everything that's being mm -hmm. gone. So, so that's where oh, the kids God. get to miss it. I feel so but, sorry for them. But then you have another group of kids who really are like, yo, this hanging new. on yeah. to every word, every yeah. music. You know, so. But back in the day, we didn't have it. Every it was more universal as far as the acceptance of you know this. This, this this approach to music from hip hop, I think that's a I think that's a big thing going on with Kendrick. Like if people feel it's too hard to digest, you know, what did Jay Z? I think we said on the show before, it doesn't make sense to rhyme like common sense. Yeah, but the thing is, it's that too we much work. Who's gonna follow that if that becomes if that's what's gonna be the tagline attached to Butterfly from the younger audience? And these cast these days, and you see somebody like J Cole, who you know. Forest Hills is cool, but it's not as complicated. It's not. It doesn't take as much to digest. If it outsells it, whether well, artist is gonna follow Kendrick Lamar when it can do a J Cole? I, I agree with you. I think that's a bad example though, because J Cole, even though it's not as complex okay. as Butterfly, is yeah. still. I'm just it's using, still along those same lines of honesty and political. Yeah, no, no, I get that. But I'm yeah. saying, but I'm using just as complex and digestible as a problem that he's gonna say that he doesn't want Butterfly to be on the island. I'm saying no, yeah, it may be on the island because what artist is gonna follow that? Because that's the mm -hmm. knock on Butterfly is that for mm -hmm. people of a younger age, not us, mm -hmm. but the younger age people who everybody, every artist is trying to find that audience. If it's too much for them to digest, they're not gonna follow Kendrick's lead. I don't think, uh, you know, artists, most artists are going to have that, the ability to focus for two years on one thing. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just, dope. And that's yeah. out, even outside of music, that's just not part of our culture right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we are about the moment. Uh, we it are takes about, somebody radical to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it certainly was well, daring. <laughs> it's certainly daring. I'll give the brother credit for being daring in that regard. I got him. I got him. I got him. <laughs> Actually, Isaac, I got a question for you in particular. How much of your reluctance to label Kendrick as radical is to do with the album's open embrace of spirituality and religion as, as like a path to salvation? 
See, I'm wondering if it's that traditional perspective on religion that's kind of making you a little bit more reluctant to label him as radical. Well, and this is not to disrespect anyone's religion, but I think the, one of the, the key issues with black folks in America when you're dealing with Christianity is the fact that there's always this boogeyman you can put the blame on, you know, and he calls him Lucy, I believe, in this album. Um, and in my opinion, I think that even when you're expressing problems about social ills and, you know, oppression, a boogeyman to put the blame on, that's going to take some of the heat off of the reality that you're dealing with. Um, and again, this is not to disparage the spirituality aspect of the album at all. Because, um, I mean, Marvin, you know, Marvin, you know, my, my favorite artist of all time was hugely uh, spiritual. And that was a, that played a big role in his music. But I think that, you know, and, and, to, and to be fair with uh, Ice Cube, we, who we mentioned a little while earlier, um, although he was, you know, uh, he his his Muslim or his I don't did he ever even become did he did he convert to Muslim to Islam I don't know yes yes okay so you know it played a big role in his music I, I wasn't sure if he actually made the, uh, the, the the full conversion but to me that you know when you when you ascribe to a certain ideology it kind of whether you know it's Islam Christianity whatever it is it can sometimes put you constraints upon your music, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or your, your expression, because you're going to run into a wall at some point. I want to say this, but that goes against how I feel, you know, my religious outlook. So I can't say that I have to say it this way. So I'm always suspect, you know, when the artists are kind of boxed in like that. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, um, you know, he could, he could uh, do like, you know, who and change his religion four or five times over the course of his career um, or his, his, uh, his denomination. If he, you know, is not a Christian ten years from now, that may un- uh, unleash him a little bit. You know, what I'm saying it may As allow him. He falls him. deep into learning about Christianity. It may right, expose he may, some things yeah, and make him some things and how, I didn't know that exactly. It right, how his how his ancestors came to be Christians mm-hmm. when he when he starts really diving into that. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying that'll that'll maybe open and his that eyes. That goes to going the difference between being 26 and being 31. Exactly. Did that answer your question, Joe? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it, it's funny that you use the words unleash him. I mean, I think you can be perfectly aware of the history of how one's ancestors became a particular religion. But, but for many people, religion right here, right now in 2015 is what helps them get to a better path. It's what helps them live and, and live in a beautiful and positive way. And, you know, anyway, I would much rather Kendrick was talking about that than the subject matter of like 99% of the R&B singers and MCs out today, like any day. But hey, we don't know what he believes or just how autobiographical the album is anyway, so. I think it's autobiographical to the time he's living in. I think that's, if we really look at the trajectory of Kendrick's whole musical career, at least especially in the last five or six years, he's spoken very true to how he's living in the moment, mm-hmm. I think. And I think this is this now, I think if he does another yeah, album two years now, it'll be, it'll be, about how, it'll be autobiographical yeah. to how he's living at yeah, that particular time. it's definitely the moment. He's definitely, to your point earlier, he's left the door open to say, the next album may be completely different. Completely different. You know what I'm saying? I may be on some completely... In fact, How I I'm probably will be we'll on be some right. completely different... Because this is what's that's true. Right. that's true to life, especially mm-hmm. if you're in his business and, you know, his life, I'm sure, moves at a much faster and pace generation. And the things he's doing. Right. And yeah. what you're saying, he's one of the few artists that we can speak to that has been extremely honest mm-hmm. with his music and yeah. not just his music but just how his music is connected to his life you know his music has kind of been his life story mm-hmm. one more point about the christianity thing um i was reading an article about uh ta coates and i don't always agree with everything that ta says but he says something in this article that i really agree with 
there's this narrative within black America that goes back to, you know, hundreds of years that's uh, interloped with the, the Christian belief system, the we shall overcome narrative, you know, that we're destined, you know, saying to get over this and, you know, we'll rise and these things like this. That's really drummed into you in the church, in the black church. And when you are not of that ilk, when that's not a part of your belief system, Ta-Nehisi's point is that it opens your eyes to the fact that, no, we could lose. We could be defeated. We are defeated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, when you open your mind to that reality, that's a radicalism that, you know, that brings out a radicalism that cannot be brought about. That if you're constantly in this, in my view, this mythological opinion that, you know, there's some, you know, you're going to rise just by destiny. So you, you can just sit back and chill and pray about it and you're going to rise. Right. When I read that article, it made me think about Kendrick because yeah. I said, you know, once he, if it happens where he's, and I don't know, I can't speak for the brother because he, he's a Christian. That doesn't mean all Christians are alike. He may already, you know, be open to this reality. I think he, I but think he addresses he is, that and like, we're going to be all right. I think that's the tongue in cheek and we're going to be all right. Is that black like folks shall, think, yeah, we, we think okay, at the okay. end of the day, we're yeah, going to be that, all right. But it's not, seri- I think he addresses that and we're going to be all right. Yeah, if that's a satirical take on we shall overcome, then I'm all for that. That's what I think. That's where I took it. It's like, you know, we always... We gonna do this, you know, but we gonna be alright because God yeah. got us, and I think He's questioning, you know, our thinking are, are and our belief. Are we really gonna be alright? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I'm going great. Trying to side my face is all day. Won't you please believe when I say when you know? I get where you guys are coming from, but I don't think there's anything wrong with faith and hope. I think we we need more faith and hope and, and optimism in culture nowadays. Provided that faith and hope aren't the only things that you're putting your energies into. Besides, I don't think that the real cultural damage that we're experiencing nowadays is being committed by those who put their eggs into their hope and faith basket. I think it's being done, I think it's the shock and awe campaign of pure ignorance that we're bombarded with on you know, a daily basis. And that to me is the real problem. I mean, like even if you think that Kendrick's positivity is misguided or whatever, contrast that with the volume of pure ignorance that's just getting turned way up all the time. Well, that's, I think that's the fan base, you know, and that's why it's so scary when you look at the units that may be moved for this or just the public interest in this, is that artists, to me, nowadays, are going to play it safe and they're going to try to play a numbers game. So if they don't see Kendrick being successful, anybody else following him, they're not going to go that route. And I also think it has to do with the, you know, whether or not intellectualism can make a comeback as being cool within the black community. You know what I'm saying? It was for a small, you know, period of time in the, let's just say for a large period of time in the 60s um, and in the 70s. And then again, in probably the late 80s, early 90s, um, intellectual, intellectualism was, was cool. Well, I mean, for, yeah, for but small, it's good. It's small four decades, of time within those yeah, decades. But no, you're right. But that's four decades. You can attest to I, intellectualism played a great role. I see a glimmer of hope, you know what I'm saying, in certain um, SoundCloud slash, you know, whatever type of rappers that aren't necessarily mainstream, but, you know. It's funny you say that because with the advent of the internet and online culture, there seems to be, you know, now more than ever, at least amongst the youth, there seems to be a real celebration for intelligence and detail. Totally 180 degrees away from where I grew up, 
where you were only cool if you could fight or if you were good at sport. But nowadays, there's there's an element of a huge element of cool is attached to anyone who's got a brain. But what's funny is that that hasn't actually translated, in my opinion, in any meaningful way to art, at least music and movies. It seems to be embraced a lot more by commentators than creators nowadays well because those people are yeah those people are true you know a lot of those people are getting celebrated for being of quote-unquote nerd culture like pharrell mm-hmm. these are not intellectualists right you know what I'm that's what i'm these, saying yeah. it's surprising that there's a disconnect between nerd and intellectual you would assume they would I, I think that's yeah i blame it on the rise of technology though i think that anybody who's adept at you know using twitter is you know is suddenly a part of the nerd culture and it's like mm-hmm. nah that's not mm-hmm. that's not it you know, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'll just blame it on technology. Is there going to be any pressure on him to follow this up? Yeah, what does he come with? Yeah, because of this. Is there now pressure? Because we're talking about landmark situations. We're talking about the equiminides. We're talking about the low-end theories. You know, we're talking about people's instinctive travels. We're talking about the nation of millions. Right. You know, we're talking about, Sign you know, times. albums, albums that basically transform <laughs> the genre of hip-hop and... Mm-hmm. The important thing about it, what do you follow that up with when you do this? Is there pressure I, no, well, now on Kendrick Lamar to follow this up with something? Here's the, here's the pressure that I have for him. The concert. The concert that goes with this album has got to be off the charts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm talking about you got to do something. Bring everybody up on stage. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to do something what musically. What do you not that do, though? You could run through the gambit. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm saying musically, this concert, right, right. this concert has got to be revolutionary musically. You see, do you agree? Do you agree, Jahan? I agree fully, but bro, did you not see both Colbert performances? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Listen, the most edge of my seat, exhilarating, energizing, riveting performances I've ever seen in hip hop. When I get signed, homie, I'm act a fool. Hit the dance floor, strobe lights in the room. Such a little secretary thing for the homie. Blue wide devil with a fat old monkey. I'm about to Thundercat just rocking out. This feeling is unmatched. Bilal and a wise. This feeling is brought to you by drilling good rap black penalty ball cap. Four songs in six minutes for a talk show performance. We don't share the same sending them far back. Factoring also the untitled track that they did before the album dropped. That's what he does on a talk show. I can't even imagine what he's gonna do in an arena. And actually, he's admirably not even opting for arenas right now. He's doing this small, intimate Kunta's Groove Sessions thing. John, quick question for you. If you find out before the release of his next album that he's not going to work with any of the same musicians, are you still going to anticipate that album? Absolutely. I trust him. I trust him. He's earned our trust. And not just with Butterfly, although that might be the crowning glory of his catalogue. Whether it's Good Kid Man City or Section 80 Section 8. or yep. Overly mm-hmm. Dedicated, 
He's always put his best foot forward. That's all we can ask as an artist. And now he's added bravery to that. Man, that's, yeah, I'm with it. Whatever he wants to do, I'm there. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go around the table. The worst word in music. What is the single worst, for any reason that you like, word in music? Jay-Z. Wait a minute. Just wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just scoop. No, no, what did you say? Go ahead. What did you say? Jay Z. Jay Z. <laughs> That's two words, technically. <laughs> not, not when you use the original hyphen, made it very Darius. What is it, John? What's your word? So we get to define worst however we want to define it, right? Yeah. What's the worst mo word in music, however context you want to apply to it? Okay. So to me, the worst word in music is relevant. And, hey, because it's all about following. It's not about leading. Mm -hmm. I hate it because it actively encourages pandering and it's rooted in the rejection of risk. And you know, as we've just been discussing, there should always be an element of risk in art. Mm -hmm. Because if there isn't, art doesn't progress. Now I'm not saying that art that reflects a particular time is bad, I, far from it. I think that art that captures a contemporary mood is fantastic when it's done naturally. Mm -hmm. You know, Isaac, you mentioned earlier Marvin's What's Going On, but that was designed by the artist. That was their true feeling and that spoke to what was in their mind at the time. It wasn't designed in a boardroom or at an executive level meeting. I also hate it because like, who are you to define what's relevant? Mm -hmm. Relevant to me is different from what's relevant to somebody else. But most commonly in its usage nowadays, the people defining it are either corporate level at a label or an artist chasing dollars. And where do you see this word? You, you see this word usually in, in, in journalism. Music press, music blogs, social media. This general conversation attached to music. It's popular now. And we're getting told that something is good because it's relevant. Do you feel the same way about the John? Do you feel the same way about the word in other aspects of art or just to music? No, not really. Not in literature, theater, or movies, for example. The only area where I do see it is fashion. Mm -hmm. But by its very definition, fashion kind of sort of has to be relevant. Mm -hmm. Unless you're talking high fashion, which of course has to then lead. I mean, all art goes through phases and has different styles. But the problem is when relevance itself becomes a style. And when difference is disregarded or dismissed as irrelevant, mm. that's my problem with it. And in that context, I think the word's basically a disease. It's deep. Okay. Word as a disease. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Scoop, you want next? Yeah. Uh, my word is like. It's made MCs lazy. In, in hip-hop specifically, the word like in other forms of music, I don't feel the same about, but specifically for hip-hop, it's made MCs easy. It's given them an out for making metaphors and analogy and stop them from thinking further of how they want to bridge their rhymes. It's so, a crutch. Well, yeah, basically that's what it is. It's a crutch. Is is the word your problem or is it the simile, the overuse of the simile is the, the, the problem? The overuse of the simile because but the, but the word like is the entryway mm -hmm. into yeah. the simile. Right. And not to co-opt your, your, your word here, but the first, like the first time that really became prevalent to me was with to live. I was about to say, yeah, he's the one. He's but he's I overused mean, it. Yeah, and that's I my man. But listen to a song where if you took like out of the song, there would be no song. It'd be like a twenty second song. He'd be yeah, done, right? Because it was like it was everything was like some. It was a simile, 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 and simile. I hate to say this as much. I love to live. He was the one that made me pay attention to the word. You're better than that. You're better than using this as a bridge to everything. You know, it's, it's gotten it's, so bad where their similes are completely irrelevant to anything that they're talking about. 
they just want they just get themselves they write themselves into that like corner exactly and now they've got to get themselves out so they'll bring the 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 word that they were talking about and they'll think of something that's like that and it's like that has nothing to do first of all it's a whack rhyme but then it has nothing to do with what you're talking about but you were just it's like they didn't learn anything but similes in school right before they dropped out and no, i'm just kidding no no but you're right <laughs> but, you, but you're exactly right it takes away their thought process and it, it it makes it easy for them instead of trying to construct lyrics lines that have a whole different flow to it you know that actually means something how much time am i gonna take you know and that bothers me so much because it is it's become so so prevalent i don't think they notice it that's my point i think they're just writing and finding a way to make a connection to a thought that they have to either point out greatness or weakness or just association so how do i find a way to associate oh i'm gonna use the word like so I hate like like I hate this dude like I hate boom. Right. You know, there's a better way to say how you hate somebody. And I think in their thought they don't even look at the word like they don't even notice it. But it's their easy out. But see, my problem is again that the the the, the similes that they're coming up with are just you know I was sitting on the corner like my name was House. They'll somehow say something right, like that. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And it's like what? Wow. But here's the deal. It's like, but they don't they don't understand that a simile you it still has to be relevant or somewhat right. clever you can't just you know can there a better way to say for you to say that you're a, that that you're that a permanent fixture in this area on this particular <laughs> corner exactly uh-huh. nobody's going to go through that process and like makes it so easy for them to say that and just move on to the next one yeah i think part of the problem though is that song to write songs you know rakim famously talked about taking weeks to write you know his songs you know he would take his time to craft these lyrics cast again in the studio now and it's like okay here's the beat you know we're gonna record in 20 minutes you know write your verse you know so these cats aren't skilled like mm-hmm. that they write in the easiest the simplest way out mm-hmm. like allows them to do that okay um my word is hot <laughs> I think hot is the, the the least useful word to describing any anything other than temperature of food, <laughs> but particularly to music. Because, I mean, usually, you know, well, you know, how do you like Hendrix? Oh, it's hot. How do you like such and such? Oh, it's hot. It gives me no real information <laughs> as to why I would even want to want like like why I want to listen to it. And I mean, there's a lot of times that people say the stuff is hot, and it just it ain't it's hot. hot. <laughs> it's not hot. I, hot. It's cool. But hot. Has, wait. It hot could has, be cool. Right. But hot has a time limit on it, on it too. I think. Yeah, yeah and it's, but it's me, also it's hot, it's like, Okay, well, it's gonna be cool at some point. <laughs> so it's not going it's, it's always going to gonna be good wait, wait. it's going to go from hot to cool but to use the Hans thing if it's hot it's not relevant because it's not going to last <laughs> <laughs> that means it's hot right now that means it's going to be a cool off period so in music when they say it's hot it's almost like a uh, it, but it, but you know, it, but it it, it it releases the person from actually thinking about what it is about the song that they liked about it mm. to be able to answer really is answer my question because what i'm when we ask people what we thought what what we think of things that we hear what we're looking for is entry points in which to go in and listen to it is it something that i'll be interested in if so why you know um you could describe uh the kamasi washington album well you know i love you know i love kamasi's album well the epic is fantastic well, well why oh well because man i mean he's he's swinging he's reaching He's soaring. I mean, he's he's putting musical expression. You know, it's like the second coming of Coltrane's Africa Brass. It's like, you know, then we, we've got something to work with. You Arthur, know, what if they only got like two seconds to hit you with something? 
And they just gotta tell you what it is real quick. They can just get in and say it's hot. They say that shit is fire. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll listen. <laughs> you know what though? Let's be fair. You have to consider the source. Like Arthur, I know Arthur's taste. He knows mine. If Arthur tells me something's hot, he's basically saying there's a reason you're gonna like this, Jahan. So, as I can accept it under those circumstances. But if Funkmaster Flex tells me something's hot, <laughs> that pretty much guarantees I'm never going to listen to that record, like ever. But it's, it's deceptive too because you know I've been put on the music by people that I otherwise wouldn't take those recommendations. Mm. Anybody at this table? No, oh. actually, no. <laughs> Few people in my family. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I've had family members put me on the stuff that that I didn't. I resisted because you you got a weak you yeah, yeah, you yeah. got weak yeah, taste. Your credibility, you know what your I mean? credibility is shaky, right? Yeah, now, and right. then somebody else will corroborate it, and I'm like, oh man, you put me up on something way early, but you you just said it was hot. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> just because Q doesn't articulate the way you want him to, <laughs> he's only what thirteen. It's hot to him. <laughs> no, I, I feel That's what I'm saying. One, I just, but I've always associated the word with the use of the word that it it doesn't have staying power. That is right now, Rolling Stone. You know, I thought the worst thing that could happen to somebody is being on their hot list. Yeah, that because, annual because, hot list. Right, because right. it's you're like right. you know what you mean. That means you're. And once again, back to Jahan's word, you're going to mean nothing next year. Doesn't Billboard have the, have they, the Hot 100? Yeah. Billboard has a Hot 100, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always been a Hot 100, right. And it's using the same thing. You're not going to, it's not going to, you know, for the most part, you're not going to stay there. It's all about the time. That's it. Yeah, magazines always run that what's hot, what's not. It's just so transitory, so attention deficit. Super subjective. Right. Now, if a woman's hot, that's a whole different story, right? <laughs> <laughs> That could be forever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Battle the hot ass Dorothy Parker. <laughs> See what I got to deal with over here, John. <laughs> um, you don't want that in the vault, do you? <laughs> <laughs> my, my word is uh, artist. Mm. I think that artist, because I, I think what happened was when cats put down instruments. And like not everybody was playing an instrument. In fact, the majority of people who were putting out music weren't playing instruments. Um, they had to think of something else other than singer. So mm. it became, you know, they couldn't say musicians because mm-hmm. a lot of these cats aren't musicians. Um, and so the word artist, which is I assume been around forever in the music industry, became applied, you know, at a whole nother level when the words musician kind of fell the word musician kind of fell away and a lot of these cats are not artists they're business people um but there are people uh, who don't play instruments don't write lyrics uh maybe they can dance they can sing you know that's is arguable whether or not they really can sing but they put out good product you know what I'm saying they're good they're good spokespeople for the producers and the A&R and all these the machinery that puts their music out um, so to call these people artists and then at the same time to give that same label to real artists like a Kendrick um, or, or, or a Tyler, the creator, um, that to me is, is an insult because these cats aren't artists. So I think that the word artist kind of gets thrown away, thrown around now the same way uh, creative gets thrown around in the, in the advertising industry or the or in the quote unquote creative industry. And also 
I remember when uh, self-publishing became prevalent, writer got thrown around a lot. I was about to add. I was, I was just about to add. Suddenly, about everybody writer. is a writer, right? Um, because they have a blog, they're a writer, um, and they're an artist at the same time. So I, you know, that's a word, and it's not just journalists. It's it's almost become a part of our vernacular. Um, somebody, you know, puts out a song, they're an artist, and I think that the, the title should be a little bit more hard won, um, hard fought than that. Man, look, everybody on Twitter says they're a writer. It's crazy. And in fact, I hate the Twitter bios because there's always like this single word with a full stop. It's like writer, full stop. Chef, full stop. Microbiologist, full stop. <laughs> Lion tamer, full stop. So stupid. <laughs> Particularly as they're definitely not any of those things. John, who, by the way, is absolutely an artist. <laughs> How hard was it for you not to use the word or choose the word genius? Uh, it was hard. But the only reason I didn't choose genius is because I feel like I didn't want to call people out too hard. Because to, to go in that territory, I was going to actually have to call, like, this person right here, you know, apply it to that person. And they ain't no genius. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed. We've probably yeah, done I, it. But I've that's shouted, what out. Yeah, I've yeah. shouted out several people on this show but no who I did not it, think are geniuses. But all of us knowing eyes the way we do, that's been the word he's bought up. <laughs> yeah, because it is. It's, 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 and it's, you know, by some people at this table. I think y'all just, you know, y'all throw that label on some people. And I'm like... It's hard for me to put that label on that person and at the same time give it to, you know, and I'm giving it to Stevie and to, you know, to Ma- right. to Marvin, all these other cats. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I have a hard time. I'll be honest. Kendrick Lamar, to me, I'm one of, is he a genius? I'll give it to him. I mean, there's degrees, but I'll give it to him. I think he put out some genius work work right yeah. now, but I don't know if he, he I don't know if he's reached that level yet. Yeah, and see, that's the problem I have is that, right. and I knew Jahan, I know Jahan is, would, would give it to him. I just think that genius is just such a, Man, that's such a there's been so few of them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's been so few of them that greatness does not equate to genius to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's different types of genius, you know, and he may not be at the apex of the category, but I think he gets through the door. It may be that his particular type of genius is more of a muse, like galvanizing other artists to come together and create a genius work rather than, you know, working in artistic solitude in the basement, tinkering around on his own. Mm, that's an interesting concept it's interesting to me that you know we often will chip away at the genius term if we think that other people are involved in something's creation that's interesting yeah to me you know and again it's it's so subjective but to me a genius is somebody who completely changes the conversation you know what i'm saying they're they they are the that dividing line they're the sea chain you know what i'm saying it's like there's them and then there's before them and after them yeah they're you know and that's not to say every genius has to be some huge mainstream star but I'm saying once you hear that person, they've changed. Even if the conversation is just for you, they've completely changed the conversation. You know, yeah. Jay Dilla was a genius. There's before, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's before no and after him. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of cats who I think are great, you know, mm-hmm. who are capable of, just, you know, making great music and doing great things. And not a lot of people can reach their level. But to me, the, above them, the step above them is genius. It's like the difference between a great album and a classic album. Mm-hmm. There's very few classic albums to me. And it's an earned right, and it's something. It's a sustained right to get there in your mind, right? Yeah. Like genius, genius has to be something that you sustain. It can't just be one thing that reaches a genius level, and all of a sudden you get labeled a genius because the company that you're in the genius conversation is you just can't be letting the door with Stevie Wonder just because. You know what I'm saying? You just do one thing, and all of a sudden you're in, no, no, no. You can't be on the same level in the same room with Stevie, and then you can't be in the genius room. 
you have to sustain something that has to be earned to get there to get that so you know um you know you can't be in there with miles you know you can't be in there with jay diller you know and you do this you know just, it, so i think when you're dealing with genius especially with music in isaac's point we throw it around too often, and that's why I'm surprised he didn't go with it. We throw it around too often and give it away so easily, as opposed to like, all right, you know what? This dude has genius qualities, but in order to be in this room with Stevie yeah, Miles yeah. and Dillard, dude, you got I mean, a lot more an, stuff to do. It's, you know, an emotion, it's an emotional reaction. Yeah, but that's what you know, makes, to the, me, that's what makes it unsubjective. The album, it the is music, subjective word, you know, but it's like, captured no, you in this such is way not as subjective. Like, oh man, this right, person's genius. Right. Well, no, it was a great album. Right. And then they get mad at you. Right. Now you're not a genius. You haven't reached. You haven't. Entered, you can't. Enter, you can't get through those gates yet. Mm -hmm. You haven't earned the right to get through those gates, and that's where the subjectivity to me is removed from the terminology genius and music. Like, yeah, you may, you may be, you may have genius within you, but to be called that and to be honored as that, to get beyond the, the you know, these gates, no, nah, dude, you have to. There has to be, you know, you have to lay down, and that's where the subjectivity is gone. Like you haven't given us enough to be in the same conversation. Because once you put, once you, once you're genius, that means you're in the Mozart, Miles Davis conversation. And no disrespect, but if you Kanye, you ain't in that conversation yet, son. I'm sorry. Well, you can't. I disagree with. I don't believe that you can apply the genius label onto yourself only because I don't think you realize what it is that you're doing. You're just doing what you do. Right. The brother said, "I am a god." So right. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I can't, different connotations I can't, that, I can't do what Miles does, so I know I'm not in that conversation. So, but I, I believe that Miles and Miles, Miles is probably more expressive, but the people that are in that genius room that are behind those gates, they feel the same way about their ability to create as Kanye as does. Kanye does. They yeah. just don't say it. I feel the right. same way. Cool. And this has been the Music Snobs podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. And I'll classic say blah, 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 yeah, blah, 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 blah. Genius hosts, <laughs> relevant podcast. All right, I'm done. This has been episode 39 of the Music Snobs podcast. You can find us online at themusicsnobs.com. We are on Twitter, Total Music Snobs. And the show library streams at soundcloud.com slash themusicsnobs.